Are your kitchen and bathroom remodels a little overdue? Well, now's your chance to call First Response Contracting. John Sellers will take care of you. 484-256-7136. They do residential and commercial, and they're licensed and insured. Give them a call at 484-256-7136. Hello, this is Brad Wiseman. You're listening to Real Estate NU. We have a really cool show lined up for you here today. This is uh, something a little different. We're going to dive into some investing type language. It's called the 1031 Tax Exchange. And I've been a realtor for 29 years, and I got to tell you, I don't know what I should know about 1031 Tax Exchanges. So we have a guest, Dave Foster, that is going to join us here in a couple seconds. He's going to talk about 1031 Tax Exchanges and everything to know about those. So... Without any delay, here we are with Dave Foster. How you doing, Dave? Absolutely awesome, Brian. Pleasure <laughs> to be here today. Well, I'm glad I'm glad you're here today. I'm very glad you're here. Um, so let's. I'm just going to go a little bit over your your bio because this is this is pretty cool. Uh, you're a, you're actually an accountant. And it says a serial real estate investor, which is kind of funny, is qualified intermediary consultant for tax saving strategies such as the very famous 1031 tax exchange. It says here you started fixing and flipping properties in the 90s and realized that about 40 percent of your profits were going directly to the IRS, which we all know. You're going to tell us about updated rules, regulations around using the 1031 tax exchange legally, of course. And uh, obviously, anybody should, everybody should always uh, uh, talk to their accountants, too, to get information on their specific situation. So you're, you're, you're joining me here from St. Pete in Florida. Is that correct? That's, uh, yeah, that's exactly right. Lovely St. Pete, where at least for another hour or two, we got sunshine. <laughs> that's so true. That's the way Florida is. So, you know, Dave, when, when I saw you pop up on, on my radar here, I was really excited about this because there's, I've been doing this for 29 years. Like I said to you before we even started recording and, you know, as a realtor, we hear this 1031 exchange, 1031 exchange. And then somebody asked you about it. And because I don't do it every day, I don't know much about it. So what is a 1031 exchange? Here's the best way to describe it. There was in a cab once, there was an attorney, an accountant, and a QI. And the QI is the the initials for a qualified intermediary. These are the people that perform the 1031 exchanges. Okay. So in the car, there's an attorney, an accountant, and a QI. They're driving down the road with the client, and they hit a pothole. And it's a huge pothole. And the very first thing that happens is the attorney says, quick, find out the address across the street. So we know who to sue. The accountant said, looks in the rearview mirror and says, dang, that was a huge pothole you hit last year. You're going to pay a lot of money. The QI says, you know what? If we just would have turned right, we'll avoid the next pothole. Uh... The 1031 exchange exists for people to be able to sell investment real estate and purchase new investment real estate without having to pay the tax on the profits in between. And what's huge about that is a real-world example. If you've got $100,000 in profit on a piece of real estate, you're going to sell it. You can sell it and then stroke a check for $20,000 to the IRS. But if you were allowed to keep that $20,000 and invest it for yourself, could you make two grand a year, 10% return? Yeah. Could you do that for life? So over the course of 10 years, just by not 
writing the check to the IRS, you made an equal amount. You doubled your money simply by following an IRS-approved process called the 1031 exchange, selling investment real estate and buying investment real estate. That's what Albert Einstein called the eighth wonder of the world, compound interest. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So it, it sound, you make it sound really easy, though. I, I got to say, you make it sound easy. It says here that you can keep in your taxes. You're keeping the taxes working for you, right? Is that what? That's the whole idea. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. So they compound. So that twenty thousand you invest for yourself. The next year you got twenty thousand plus two thousand, and then you sell the property with more gain, and now you've got forty thousand in deferred tax. Gotcha. That's making you four thousand a year. And over the course of a twenty or thirty year investing career, in real dollars, that can result in a multi million dollar difference in the size of your portfolio versus the person who paid the taxes like a good little trooper as they went along. Yeah. And and you know, it's fun. That's the first time that I've heard it explained that way in the fact that I always looked at it as, okay, so what's the big deal? I saved $20,000 on my taxes to buy and I rolled into the next property. Okay. And then I don't pay tax. I don't, I'm not paying tax on that, that gain. And then I thought, well, okay. But then when I sell that property, and I'm done with this whole thing, I'm going to owe even more. So what's the savings? The savings is that you're using that $20,000. Is it, That $20,000 is, is continually making you money as opposed to it going to the IRS. Oh, yeah. And so you're that guy, are you? The one that says, I'm going to pay it eventually. Yeah, that's and what I, I always I, thought. I'm going to pay it eventually. Why not? All right, so let's learn the four Ds of 1031 investing. Okay. Are you ready? The four D's as in dog. The four D's as in dog. Okay. Everybody grab your pens and pencils. Okay. The first D is defer. Defer. The second D is defer. (laughs) The third D is defer. 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 (laughs) And what's the fourth D? This is going to trip you up. Die. Oh, got it. Got it. Okay. Defer, 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 die. And die. And here's why. When you're doing it, Anytime you're investing in real estate, mm-hmm. as long as you own that real estate, it doesn't matter what it's worth. You're not going to have to pay the tax. Gotcha. So as appreciation occurs, you're going to get the benefit of that someday. And so you're never going to pay the tax. Anytime you sell a piece of property and do a 1031 exchange, you will defer the tax. Gotcha. Indefinitely. Now, here's why. There's a quick primer on 1031 before I get to the last two. You can use the 1031 to move into different classes of real estate. Mm -hmm. You can go from any type of investment real estate to any other type of investment real estate, residential to commercial, active to passive. You can move to any other geography. Wow. Sell in California, buy in Omaha, sell in Pennsylvania, buy in Florida. You can use it to go from large, small properties to consolidate into larger properties. You can go from a larger property and purchase several smaller properties. Oh, wow. You can do all of those things, but as long as you use the 1031 exchange, you will never defer. You'll never pay the tax. Gotcha. Now, the third D is as long as you convert the property into your primary residence later, then you will be able to sell your old primary residence and take that money tax-free and by moving into the 1031 property, you will again indefinitely defer tax. 
Interesting. So, so you're saying, wait, no I can I can keep deferring, keep deferring, keep deferring, buy a million dollar mansion, and then sell that, and I don't have to pay tax on that. Well, no, not quite. You could buy a million dollar investment property. Okay. That you use for investment for okay. a year or two. Okay. And then you move into it. Ah, gotcha, gotcha. Okay. That that makes now, sense. One, yeah, because once you move into it, now it's your primary residence. Right, right. So it falls under the rules of Section 121. Right. And once you lived in it, now, it used to be, and by the way, if you read my bio, you'll read about how we managed to transfer our portfolio from Colorado to Connecticut to Florida, and then actually ended up buying a 53-foot sailboat and raising our four boys on it using tax-free dollars wow. for this exact conversion. Because that was that you you bought it and then it became your personal residence. So then After at that point, got you, got and you. And you get the money tax-free. Now, the IRS put my picture poster up in their lunchroom. <laughs> so they changed the rule in 2008. So you no longer get the full game tax-free. Okay. But as long as you live in it every year, your proration of tax-free gets greater. Ah, good. And as long as you continue to own it, you never pay taxes. Now, let's deal with the most onerous of those fees, die. Because honestly, who wants to have to do that just to get a tax benefit? Right, exactly. But under current tax law, when you pass away owning real estate, that goes to your heirs at what is called a stepped-up basis which means they inherit it as if they paid market value for it on the day you die. All of that deferred tax goes away. Wow. So all you've got to do is, through your lifetime, defer, defer, defer. defer. You make more money for yourself all along the way, and then die, and your heirs get it tax-free. Wow. What a legacy. Yeah, it's a great, it's, and you know, and, and that's great because then it's not going to the IRS. I mean, you work for it. It should be for your, for your family, not for, for government. I, I, I totally agree with that. So, so let's yeah, go back. I'm all for building roads, but. So, oh, so am I. Absolutely. That, you know, Absolutely. Um, I still want to pay the least amount of tax Absolutely. that I can legally. And there was a very interesting metaphor that was given to me a while back. A uh, mentor of mine said, Dave, you've got to understand the tax code is not designed just to raise money. The tax code is designed to encourage behavior. That's now, think about that. I went, what? He says, yes, the tax code exists because the government wants you to do certain things. Interesting. And if you do those, you're rewarded. Interesting. Now, so- why would you? Why would they want you to do 1031s? 1031 exchanges started in 1919. Oh. And they were designed to help farmers sell their small farms and have enough cash left over to buy bigger farms. Gotcha. Today, it's so that investors can sell real estate and have money left over to buy more real estate because who benefits in all of that? Well, they could pay a capital gains tax when they sell the profits or they could do a 1031 exchange and hire a realtor, a title company, a real estate attorney, a painter, an appraiser, and an yeah, inspector. Yeah. So it all, it, it's all it's all putting in. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. Exactly. Yeah, that's, and so that's the behavior the IRS is encouraging. 
That's a deeper thought about the IRS that I've ever heard before. <laughs> it makes me look at them a little bit nicer. Um, so let me, one of the things that I've heard, and th- th- this, yeah, that's true. It, the, one of the things that I've heard before, and, and maybe you can uh, clarify this. I've also heard that the, um, that you have to be careful. You can't go from a restaurant to like uh, a 10 unit. Is that, you know what I mean? There's, you have to stay in some kind of same line of investment or no, is that a, is that a misconception? No, actually, the rules of my kind are very, very broad. It is literally any type of real estate that is used for productive use in business trader for investment can be exchanged for any other type. That's what's so powerful, because if you get tired of single-family residence, you can move into multifamily. Okay. Or you can move out of commercial. Here's a great one. A lot of my clients, they will go from, say, residential or multifamily investing and buy vacation short-term rentals. Oh, interesting. Near places where they want to visit. Ah. Because you cannot, there's no prescription prohibition against some use for yourself personally. Okay. So they're able to buy a vacation property that they make money on and they use themselves. Now, where the restriction would come with like a restaurant, like you mentioned, is that you can't exchange the furnishings, the fixtures, and the equipment. Gotcha. Just it's just so the real estate. It's the real just estate. The real estate. Yeah. Oh, right. Okay, that makes and that makes sense. I mean, typically that's off on a separate a separate um, agreement anyway. A lot of times, um, you know, in in a, in a business transaction, that's really cool. So um, let me move on here. I have there's some other questions that that you, that I have here. What's the impact of investing? It says with or without the 1031. Obviously, if you're not doing the 1031, you're paying capital gains when you sell the property. I mean, that's just plain and simple. Yeah, that's exactly right. You're just going to pay the tax, and then you've got the money left over to keep investing. We do. You know what? I need to get this put up on our website. If anybody wants to email me, I will forward to you a copy of the spreadsheet analysis. Okay. Where we start with two investors. They make $100,000 on their first sale. Right. And the only thing different that they do is one does a 1031 and reinvest the profit. The other one pays the tax as they go. Now, what that means is that on the first sale. The first investor has $100,000 to buy. And so they can put 20% down on a $500,000 piece of property. The investor who pays the tax only has $80,000 left. Mm. So they can only put 20% down on a $400,000 property. Got it. See the difference there? Yep, Yep, absolutely. You fast forward five years later and the 1031 investor has enough left to buy a little over a million. The person who's paying the tax can buy a little less than a million. Wow. The next transaction at year 10, the 1031 investor can buy about $3 million and the tax paying investor can buy around $2 million. And at the end of the year 20, the next transaction, so we're only dealing with four transactions. Right. The last and final transaction, simply by using the deferred tax, mm-hmm. The investor doing a 1031 holds a portfolio worth about $11.5 million. Wow. The person who pays the tax has a portfolio worth about $3.5 million. Boy, now, com- compounding. I'm happy time. for them. I know. Yeah. I'm not going to cry for that other investor, but which would you rather have? I, I think I'd rather have the other one. Yeah, that's definitely better. No kidding. And those who want to say, but you're going to pay the tax anyway, I say, okay, why not wait and pay the tax then? Right. Because- What's it, how many months of income is it going to take on a $12 million portfolio yeah. to pay $500,000 in tax? 
Yeah. Four or five months. <laughs> yeah, right. And then you still got the properties. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they're still making income. It's they're they're still income producing. It is. It's amazingly powerful. So now, what's the other thing I heard about too? And this is like again, and I don't know if this is a misconception. They say there's a there's a time period you have to line up. Like there's a, there's a lot of organizing to do this, from what I've heard. Um, that you've got to line this up. Like it's got to be you know when this is going to settle, and then you have to have a property lined up and spend that money within six months or three months or whatever. Right. Yeah. No, that's exactly right. So the IRS lost a massive court case that spanned about 20 years Wow! in 1996, 1994, I think. And as a result of that, they had to make 1031 exchanges usable. As you can imagine, <laughs> they lost the lawsuit. So how happy were they? Ugh. Not very. Not very happy. So they had to create a structure by which we work in. And it's almost like kind of a thumb on your nose saying, fine, we'll let you do it. But here's a process, and if you break one little piece of that process, you're done. You lose your entire exchange. Oof. So yeah, it's a very specific process. What you're referring to are the two timing requirements. You only have 45 days from the date of the closing of your sale to identify your potential replacements, and you have a total of 180 days to close on your new property. Now, after day 45, you may only close on one of the properties on that list, and the list can't be changed. So yeah, there's some time constraints yeah. that have to be there. Now there's steps that people can always take to mitigate those things. Shop for your new property early. I, I tell people in this market where things are selling in a week, why would you try to sell your old property and then go buy your new property? Go get your new property under contract. Yeah, right. Yeah, you're so it's And so true. then turn around and sell your old property. You'll get a cash offer in three days, close in 30. And you're off to the races. Yeah, because otherwise, yeah, because otherwise, identifying properties and having them still be on the market while you're waiting to sell yours. Good that's luck. Exactly right. <laughs> not that's in this exactly market. Right. Not in this market. So tell me, Dave. Yeah, so exactly what? Right. So you have a company where you do this. So tell me, what do you do for your clients? Like, how do you how do you work here? That is unfortunately because I know I like to bite the hand that feeds me a lot, but uh, I have a job because the IRS says that you have to use the services of an unrelated third party right. to process the 1031 exchange. Yes, and I'm, So yeah. the qualified intermediary, which is what we do, Good. that is the only thing that we do Got it. are people's 1031 exchanges. I'm an accountant who rates doing tax returns. Thank heavens, because we can't right. do our clients' tax returns. Right. My attorney partners cannot do law work. We can only do the 1031 exchange. But that's such a key role yeah. because, number one, the IRS requires it. For your exchange time. But number two, because of what you said, it's a very complicated process. Yeah, it is. And every investor needs a Gandalf who's going to be their guide to, to yeah. the minds of Moria. Yeah. I would not want to ever take this on alone. I mean, there's just no way. And you said you can't, you, they really want you to you use can, a, an yeah. agent. Yeah. So, so you could do, so if I have somebody up here, you could actually work for a client of ours up here. You, it doesn't matter what state or no. No, it doesn't matter what state at all because it's a federal statute. Gotcha. Got you. Yeah. So it's practiced the same way. Now, there are some little nuances state to state right? occasionally, So, which is why it's actually usually best to get someone who's not near you as long as they've got the depth of experience in your state because so many transactions start in one state and end in another. Right. Got for instance, you're in Pennsylvania, I think, right? Yep. So here's a little bad news for you. 
<laughs> Governor Wolf has never managed to get the 1031 passed at the state level. So if you sell a property in Pennsylvania, you will get to defer your federal tax. But not your state. And you'll get to defer depreciation, but you're going to pay that 3%. It doesn't surprise me. Wolf is not a uh, very well-liked person uh, all the time here. So, um, well, but, you can always follow California's suit. But they probably don't have anything either, no. <laughs> well, no, they're recalling their governor. Oh, yeah, this they're is true. No, oh, it's yeah. yeah, no, it's not that bad here. It's not that bad. But uh, yeah, that's interesting. I was going to ask you that question. What about the state? Because the state's going to want their money. And and if he doesn't have, if we don't have ten thirty one approved here in PA, then you're paying you're paying gains on that through through the state. But the federal one is the big one. I mean, that's the one that's exactly that that's correct. the one that can get really ugly really quick. So, uh, so tell me, we got to wrap this up. We've been on here for 21 minutes already, believe it or not. So this has been a great show and, but I do want to wrap it up. So tell me, you know, in, as a whole, like, tell me how do we find you? You know, I'm going to be posting you all over our Facebook page and things like that. Cause I obviously want to direct people to you if they need any kind of help with this. Uh, but tell me, is it, is it Facebook the best or where? Right. Now the best way is to go right to our education portal and website which is the 1031investor.com. Oh, that's easy. Um, when we, we created this deliberately because, remember, we talked about 96. Nobody knew about 1031s before that. Right. In 2008, you remember those days. Yes, I do. Very I well. I call them the dark days. <laughs> yeah. We lost 70% of our realtors. Oh, my gosh. And almost all of the campfire knowledge wow. about 1031 exchanges. So nobody knows about it. So if you go to the 1031investor.com, I've got a YouTube series of about 32 videos. We've got calculators, articles, blogs, everything to teach you about it so you can see if it's right for you. And then you can holler at me and we'll see you right. <laughs> and then you, and you, and they can hire you to do it then after that, right? And, and, and take them the rest of the way through the process. Your lips to God's ears. Oh, man, that's awesome. Well, I'll tell you what, I really enjoy I learned a lot. And like I said, I've been doing this for a long time. I'm basically a residential guy in real estate. But, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's nice to learn about these 1031 tax exchanges because uh, they're happening. And, and, and as the market keeps going up, people are going to want to save money on their investments. I mean, that's just the way it is. They want to save money when they're going from one investment to the other. And that makes a lot of sense. Uh, but thanks so much, Dave, for coming here. We're going to post your stuff all over our Facebook page, uh, on my personal, on the real estate new one. And I want to, I just want to say thanks for coming on and being a guest. Cause you, we learned a lot today. Oh, this was a lot of fun. I enjoyed it. Happy to come back anytime. That's great. Thanks a lot, Dave. There you have it. Dave Foster. That was just a lot of fun. A lot of fun. He's got a website here. Let me just uh, recite that one more time. It's the 1031investor.com, and you can get his information, and he'll help you out. There's a lot of information on that website. I was on it the other day, so there's a lot on there that you can get information and then have him take it the rest of the way for you. So uh, we'll see you real soon. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.